Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we are diving back into collegiate esports. Joining us is Nicholas True. He is the esports director at St. Louis University. So without further ado, Nicholas, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your past, where your passions in esports and gaming kind of started, and how that took you down your path to doing all the wonderful things you're doing at St. Louis and in your Smash Out charity events as well. Hey guys, first off, thanks you for Kyle for inviting me onto the podcast. It's an honor to be able to come and talk to everyone here. Uh, my name is Nicholas Chu. Like you said, I'm the program director of esports at St. Louis University. Uh, I just graduated uh, from college last year and I'm actually an alumni from the school that I work at. And pretty much my entire uh, path to esports was just starting the club my very freshman year because there wasn't any like place on campus to be even to play any video games at all. Um, and I and I felt really sad about seeing all these students not being able to have a community to go back to. So I started the club and immediately afterwards about my, my sophomore and junior year, I was approached by faculty and, and board members of St. Louis University. And pretty much they gave me the path to not only uh, getting resources for the club um, and creating that space for those kids on campus, but also um, giving me the opportunity to field students outside of St. Louis University to recruit them to here and create a varsity team. Um, and to do that within just four years um, of esports existence at SLU is kind of insane. Um, and I'm really happy the way that we turned out. And technically, um, I, I started working my senior year um, as a student worker, but was still like the program director. Um, uh, so, so last semester was our first techni technical uh, semester, but this is our first full year and my first full year as a, a full-time employee. So I'm really excited to see how it turns out. That's awesome. I always love to see those like successful kind of backstories of, you know, you took something that didn't exist, created it, and then it turned into something really awesome. You know, obviously the varsity program is kind of like the best way to attain that success, especially at the collegiate level, because you get that support that you were talking about from the administrators and stuff. Uh, but take me into your program, um, the varsity teams at St. Louis, a little bit more. You know, what games do you play? What tournaments do you compete in? Um, what does practice look like? You know, give me a snapshot of what um, the entire program looks like. Yeah, it's actually um, a pretty simple model that we use. It's just Overwatch and League of Legends. I feel like those are the main games that most collegiate competition uh, teams have. Uh, there's just the ones with the most backing by the developers, League of Legends with Riot and their RSA, RSAA. And then with Overwatch, they have TESPA. So like everything that we want to invest in are things that developers um, are seemingly investing for the long term. Um, so on top of that, uh, so basically the way that we founded our team was um, kind of housing up the club level teams to a varsity level team, um, especially for the first semester. And it pretty much what we do is just make them play on a schedule. So uh, Monday through Friday, they play for two hours a day in, a, in our esports lab or online for now because of COVID, um, making sure that they're able to practice as a team. We kind of give them homework in a way of ranked games and practices like uh, outside of the actual scrimmages that we do. And then competition-wise, um, I know you guys had um, Victoria on earlier in the podcast. Yep. We're actually yep. in her competition for UCEA for Overwatch, um, hoping hoping to actually enter the Midwest esports um, entire circuit for League of Legends next semester as well. Um, TESPA and and uh, and the CLOL are also things that we compete in. Um, but on top of that, we also have a bolstering 
club uh, program as well. So like I said before, I started the club back when I was a freshman. Um, we actually have a wide array of games for everyone to be basically playing. So on top of the League of Legends and Overwatch for the kids that don't make the varsity team, we also have games like Rocket League, Valorant, CSGO. Um, Smash is actually a big thing because I, I was originally a Smash player. So it, it's kind of like it has a soft spot in my heart. So I always try to give them extra resources yep. and everything. But pretty much I want to give every single game at least that has a competitive setting in collegiate, the opportunity to play, even if they don't have like a varsity scholarship or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's the best thing about esports. We provide so many opportunities for the students to become more involved. And that's, that's awesome to see and awesome to hear about. Um, what I do always love to dive into a little deeper is the sense of community, right? And you touch on it there about, you know, having these club, you know, having the club sports or the club esports side and the varsity esports side. So take me through, you know, why you think that's so important to have it, have the club available for the kids that might not be the best of the best to compete in the varsity level, but they still want an avenue to play and still want a platform. So take me through, you know, why it's important for you to have both at St. Louis. It's huge. Um, simply because uh, I see a lot of these really, really, really good varsity programs. And the biggest issue is that there's just no interaction or it's just really hard to interact with like the top, the best of the best. It's not like you're going to be able to play if you're, if you're a bronze player in League of Legends or something, you're not going to be able to play against a, like a challenger player. It's just kind of hard. It's, it's, it's just not feasible. Um, giving those players who still love the game, who might even want to explore even different opportunities other than just playing it in esports, but giving them like a realm or like a platform to be able, able to compete in is like super important because it gives that sense of community. And I feel like that's what's lost a lot of the time. Um, it's kind of a stereotype within video gamers that they just kind of stay in their room all day and not talk to anyone. Um, but the whole point of, especially a collegiate community is kind of make them get out of that covered zone, allow them to talk to these kids, meet kids on campus, um, play with people who have the same passion because uh, mm -hmm. esports is really is that medium that brings people who would never interact with each other in the first place together and that's why it's so important to have especially collegiate esports um, to have a club that is able to give them those opportunities yeah absolutely i think that's you know one of the things that every community and every, everywhere needs to like play, pay a little more attention to, especially at the younger ages of having these platforms for these communities. Cause like you said, you know, that's that stereotype that video gamers are always alone in a dark room on their computer. But in reality, every single program I've seen at the collegiate level, high school level, professional level, as soon as there's a platform available for those players to like pursue, whether it's to compete or just hang out and have friends and have fun playing a smash tournament or whatever, then it's just instantaneously, they're completely involved, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, seeing it um, in practice at St. Louis is absolutely awesome. You touched on it a little bit ago um, on the recruiting aspect of how you get new players in. So take me through kind of what your recruiting process is right now um, to get, you know, to find those high school talent players to continue to grow your team so you can remain competitive. Because as we all know, you know, in college, everyone graduates eventually, right? Hopefully four years. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. The, the, the professors say, right? Four years, not five, not six. Um, but, you know, take me through kind of your process of how you try to find the, 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 the good fit kind of players for your teams and, and program. Yeah. So I think the, the hardest about collegiate esports is really um, some there's no divisions within esports yet. It's not like division, division one schools, division two schools, pretty much everyone's kind of in a mix of everything. So it kind, kind of comes down to like a kind of a rank differential for a lot of these schools. Like if you have a full challenger set of players or like a full um, 
Grandmaster plays for Overwatch only has like bronze players. So recruiting is kind of absolutely necessary. It's a little bit easier, I think, than a lot of other uh, sports simply because everything's just like there. You can just kind of look up what their statistics are. Everyone has a leaderboard and everything like that. So finding those players isn't hard. It's really just about um, how you want to go about convincing them or how you want to go about um, like what what your goal is within the collegiate esports because some people it isn't all about winning sometimes it's all about um, recruiting all from uh, the region that you're from making sure that you're able to find the best players in that area stuff like that Um, so for games like League of Legends it's about finding those kids that are uh, a lot of them are the challenger players are are a lot of kids who want to go back to school who are a little bit older Um, a lot of the kids that are who are coming out of high school are all trying to go um, to the pro scene right away. So try, just trying to convince them to find a degree on top of getting a scholarship. I think that's like the most important thing. Um, get, letting them know what their options are on top of just not just going for academy. Um, for Overwatch specifically though, we've, we've found a lot of success of finding players within St. Louis itself. Um, in fact, I think Overwatch in St. Louis is one of the bigger esports within the high school community. Uh, so I see a lot of really good talent within the, the leagues that they are hosting within Missouri. And I'm uh, the best way that I can describe um, recruiting these type of kids is try is a very laid back, but also like nonchalant type of recruiting. Um, I'm, I'm a young kid too. Like I just graduated college. So I like to make sure that these, these kids understand that I know exactly where they're trying, where, where they're at. Cause I was just there. Um, so uh, I'm usually pretty, I, I just kind of sit in a Discord call with them and I give them every single resource that they need uh, when looking towards not only SLU, but also like all the other colleges within Missouri. So, um, because I think Missouri itself is a pretty big hub for esports uh, cl- in, the, in the education sphere. We have mm-hmm. us, Mizzou, Columbia, um, uh, Maryville, all right here. Uh, so giving them just kind of like, uh, letting them know their options is like super important to me and is it's really good to see these kids kind of uh, feel super excited about going to college specifically for esports yeah absolutely and like you were saying earlier there's so much they, they get so much more potential and opportunities out of it right a lot of people don't realize that like you know the chance of going pro is really really small even if you make it into challenger or that you know tier two league right underneath the pro league whatever it's denominated, you know, it has a different name in every game, but, um, you know, go to college, get that degree, right? Because then you have something that you attain that you can use in the professional workforce that, you know, can still apply to esports, right? The esports jobs are growing every year more so than any other industry. Um, So I absolutely love to see that and hear that. And also the kind of inclusivity of how all the surrounding universities, because that's something that's so everyone kind of does it is like everyone just wants to see that success for that student right it doesn't matter if they come to my college as long as they make it to college then like we've succeeded as a group right mm-hmm. so that's awesome um one thing you know switching gears a little bit that i wanted to dive into was this charity event um smash out that you were talking about before we started recording so you know tell our audience what what is smash out you know what's it all about what's the purpose and kind of what's your vision for it yeah so i started off as a smash tournament organizer um, my freshman year. And that's kind of where we started the club at just kind of hosting smash events. And one night I realized that we have such a great platform of getting people in person because fighting games in general, it's, it's so easy to get gather people because you're playing side by side against one another um, that I realized that it's, it'd be nice to have something to give back to the community because they've given me so much. They've given me a job for, for Christ's sake. So like uh, being able to just kind of um, use 
the the power that I have and like the reach that I have in the community to try to gather people for for one great cause. And I've realized also that for, especially for for video game tournaments, there's not really like huge like cons or events uh, for for things like charities or thing uh, other things like that. So I wanted to be one of the one of the first in the Midwest to do it. Um, and we started off with a small group of people just hosting hosting like a free, a free tournament that it just took donations. Um, I think the first tournament that we got had only about 120 people at it, which for the space that we had and like for for our goal for it we had to start super low so we only raised like two thousand dollars um but eventually the 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 cause grew and our staff kind of outreached to a little bit more and now uh by 2019 we had about 800 attendants to for our last event we we um we used slew's wool ballroom which is about able to uh host about 1200 people uh but I think we almost reached max capacity and I was really scared that we had to you start using the hallways for the events yeah. uh, for vendors and everything like that. It's, a, it's an event that is able to pull the entirety of like the St. Louis community together um, mm-hmm. while also bringing in really good talent from out of state. Uh, we had people fly in from New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, um, California, just for this event. And it was basic. it was a, um, it was a, we, so we ranked tiers within smash by how big the event was mm-hmm. and uh we reached b tier status so like the the s tiers and a tiers are like the the major major events so being able to even get close to that i think we were only like 100 people off for for an a tier event um so we we were super excited and super happy with the results and sadly uh this year's event is going to have to be online uh, yeah. but but i'm really looking forward to expand the event even more because i think a lot of people are really down to to support a good cause yeah i always love to see the charity events because it kind of does a lot for esports you know like obviously the charity is fantastic and everything with that's like you know kind of a no-brainer and it's such a good cause but then also for the esports side it kind of brings together a bunch of people that like on the charity side aren't exposed to esports as much right and then also the competitive players so everyone kind of gets you know the scene kind of grows is my entire point you know you bring in people that aren't necessarily as comfortable or as knowledgeable in the space and they're like wow this is actually fantastic the community supports all these great causes you know let's do more with it i think that's a plus for the charity obviously and plus for an esports as well as the industry continues to grow um and all that kind of great stuff unfortunately we are almost running out of time here so i do want to um ask generally you know more broadly about collegiate esports because you had a you know obviously had a lot of experience both from you know the outside tournament organizing and the charity event and then also being a player and a director in collegiate esports um you have a ton of experience there kind of you know looking at the collegiate landscape in america what do you is there anything missing or that you want to see changed um over time as you know collegiate esports because there's a lot of great programs but it's not you know it's not collegiate football or basketball by any means not quite yet um but like what's your initial thoughts of like something that could change or be improved on to really kind of unify collegiate esports into you know you know this great um level of play yeah so i think what's happening now within league of legends is actually a really good way to kind of describe what our goal is um, that kind of fosters collegiate esports uh, because there are so many third-party organizations that are trying to start events and everything like that people are trying to get a piece of the pie pretty much mm-hmm. um, but there's no big one uh, really that can give us like the standard of what a collegiate organization is what a what a collegiate team is uh, what a proper like lab is um, but 
uh, things like Riot, what they're trying to do is kind of um, take it under their control, trying to make it so that the developers are directly involved into it, and they are setting the standard for what third-party events can be. So they have a, ru a rule about like um, what are you able to call your events, how much money you're able to offer events, and I think that's such a good step in the right direction because they're kind of trying, trying to create that standard. Not everyone can run an event now. Everyone has to kind of go through like the, the process of getting approved. I think it's a really good step. Um, and another thing is they're trying they're trying to take um, Academy, which is they're kind of like like right under Pro. Mm -hmm. uh they're they're funding for that and resources for that and they're putting it into a lot of collegiate and amateur leagues that they're creating right now and the reason why that's so important is that it normalizes going to college to be a part of like the amateur teams uh, um and almost can can get to that like semi-pro leagues right now um uh, but if we are able to normalize that it creates it allows people to not skip out on school not just they don't have to think oh in order for me to go pro i have to give up uh, my education for it. it it's mm -hmm. finally able, if we're able to just uh, create that right away when you graduate from high school and you're good at a video game, you know exactly where to go. You're able to, get, you're able to reach out to recruiters. You're able to, to kind of put yourself out there like those sports um, do right now where people kind of go scout them. If we're able to just have it be more commonplace mm -hmm. um, and regulated, then we're, it, it, I think we'll be in a good a set situation where a lot of kids will be going out for esports. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic point is that, you know, there's so many competitors, you know, competition's great. You know, I think competition kind of elicits who's the best and, you know, is it deserved, right? But at the same time, like there's so much that like you start to lose those opportunities because like last year there were several kind of third-party TOs that hosted championships in the same weekend. It's like, how do you play a whole season that had different match nights, but then all of a sudden you can't yeah. championship and you just feel like you wasted like all of your Mondays and Wednesday, Wednesdays, for example for like a whole semester, you know, and then also, you know, normalizing collegiate sports because it's the same in traditional sports, right? 95% of collegiate football players or basketball or baseball or any comp competition at the collegiate level, they don't go pro, right? But they take the experiences, they take the scholarship, they pretty much always continue on in that industry just from like a work role, right? Which to me is the exact same success because you're being successful, you know, you're earning a living wage and that's obviously very, very important. Um, so can't, couldn't agree more on that. But unfortunately, we are out of time, Nicholas, um, a.k.a. True. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me and SpinCast. Real quick, if you will, um, give us a parting word if you want. Um, also, plug your program. Tell us where we can find St. Louis on social media, um, websites, anything else um, that we could keep up to date with you guys on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, Kyle. It was really fun to talk about collegiate esports. I can go on all day about it. Uh, you can follow me at uh, at on Twitter at ChewSSB, or you can also follow Slow Esports on Twitter at University's website um, under Student Development. We'll be able to talk to you and show you the applications there. Um, or you can follow us other on on Twitch as well. Slow Esports is the best way to go see our games as well. Awesome. Everyone go down in the description. They'll all be tagged there as well. Click on them. Check out what St. Louis is all about. You know, great program up there. Once again, thanks for coming on SpainCast with me. To all our viewers and listeners, thanks for staying the entire time. Stay healthy and stay happy out there. So have COVID going on. Hopefully it starts to break soon um, and we can get back to some sense of normalcy. Um, but other than that, ultimately, stay plugged in.